From time to time, I love to share with you guys interviews that I've done on other podcasts so that you can get a little bit more information about what I do and how I can help you. Today, I'm sharing an episode I did this summer with Josie Bullard from Behind the Feed. We talk about imposter syndrome and goal setting and self-image and so much more. Stay tuned and take notes. I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hello, hello, friends. I am absolutely pumped because today I get to sit down with mindset coach McKinney Smith. How are you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Now, whenever I start these podcasts, I always love to ask our guests just right off the bat, kind of who they are, how they got to the place they are now. And I would love to just kind of hear your backstory, how you got started into this space and how you found success. (laughs) So I always find that to be an interesting question. I'm like, how much time do you have? Yeah, I know. We got all day long, girl. (laughs) It's like, okay, do I give you the super short version or do I give you like the long version? Yeah. So a little bit of a backstory. Um, I guess we can start at the point of high school. Mm -hmm. I had my first child at 17. So Mm -hmm. basically I was expected to be a total failure, Um, you know, society kind of gave up on me. Uh, Although I was like a straight A student on a roll in high school and college. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to have, I'm going to say two very long, serious relationships that were toxic. So I started full-time entrepreneurship in 2009 at the same time while going through a divorce and becoming a single mother of three. And most people thought I was absolutely crazy. But then A year into that, after hitting award levels and doing really well as an entrepreneur, my sister passed away in 2012. And in her passing away, people started reaching out and letting me know how much she meant to them and how she supported them and how she made them feel. And it made me ask the question, what legacy do I want to leave behind? How do Mm -hmm. I want to be remembered? And at that point, that's when I started to shift my own behavior. Mm -hmm. And I started to put positive things out there on the internet. I started to share, you know, motivational quotes and videos. Mm -hmm. And I had a complete stranger reach out to me in the following year. So 2013, and he was following me on Twitter. And he says, I have an opportunity for you to meet Bob Proctor. I love the energy that you're putting Mm -hmm. out there. And I was like, Okay. (laughs) So he called me while I was in the middle of doing a real estate deal. And I thought it was a bit of a prank because my number was on the internet. And I was like, okay, buddy, just send me an email. Yeah. (laughs) And he sends me an email and it's a picture of him standing next to Bob Proctor with the invitation of the details of a conference room in a Toronto hotel Mm -hmm. where they were having this meeting. So I thought, okay, that's weird. Like I was actually looking into Bob Proctor's courses and uh-huh. at the time for a three-day weekend, it was like $12,000, but I'm getting an invitation to meet him 
for free. Wow. Like I was like, mm. so for anyone who's <laughs> listening doesn't know who Bob Proctor is, he was one of the thought leaders that was featured in the documentary The Secret. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. <laughs> my mind was like completely blown. You know, I I went and I attended this event, and it was actually a very small event with like thirty people. Mm-hmm. And I was someone who was extremely introverted. And, you know, that's why I gave a bit of the backstory of the teen mom, you know, yeah. the, the relationships and stuff like that, because I was totally coming out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I went to this event. And in that time that I was there, I was sitting at a table by myself because everyone else was having conversations. And I was approached by an older woman who just started asking me questions about my life. And she was like, wow, your story is so inspiring. You need to share that with my hu- my husband. And I said, who's your husband? And she turns around. She says, Bob. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh yeah. my goodness. So long story short, I stayed connected with them. I was hand or- hands-on mentored by Bob Proctor, his wife, Linda Proctor, his daughter, Colleen. I've been in their home. Um, his wife, Linda, wrote the foreword for my first book. Wow. So it was a complete transformation of my life. Mm-hmm. So all of the, I'm going to say the the trauma and the experiences I had previous to that, they opened up my mind to so much possibility. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided um, to become one of his certified consultants back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, opened up my comfort zone even more and yeah. running for office that year. And um here I am today as a mindset coach, four-time author, doing what I do, helping other people to tap into their full potential. (laughs) Wow. That is so freaking cool. I absolutely love that. Um, and I'm really, I'm really sorry about the loss of your sister. I can't imagine what that would be like, but it's really cool to see how you, you took something that was probably really tragic and were able to kind of let it impact your life for the better. You, you clearly made like such a huge pivotal shift. And I just think that's so cool. Let's just dive into some, the the main bulk of what we're here to talk about today. So just before we dive in, can you kind of explain what a mindset coach does for the people listening out there that have no idea? Like, what do you typically do with your clients when someone starts working with you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really just helping people to tap into their full potential. Most people are only tapped into like 10% of their potential. So we use like guided sessions. Um, Mm -hmm. They're relevant, simple, practical, but it's to really help create um, new habits or break the unhealthy habits Mm -hmm. and create new healthier habits so that you can essentially be successful, whatever it is that you want to be successful at. So Mm -hmm. it's reprogramming how we do things, because basically the results that we have in our life right now are based on the programming that we have. So we can change the programming, we can change the results. That's awesome. That's super cool. And I think that's something like not a lot of people even think about people just kind of go with the flow with their own life. Sometimes they don't realize all the unhealthy habits that they have going on in their lives that are kind of inhibiting them from reaching their full potential and doing that. So super neat. I feel like everyone needs to have a mindset coach. (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what are some of the top issues that you see people struggle with the most when they come, um, to, you know, work with you, or maybe they don't even know that they have, you kind of like uncover while you're working with them. Mm-hmm. So um, when we're working together, like we we focus on a lot of things, like from um, goal setting to awareness, productivity, overcoming fears, self image, you know, effective leadership, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But what I find the most common with the women that come to me is 
they have issues with their Mm self-image. So low self-esteem, low self-confidence, they don't believe in themselves. And then the imposter syndrome. Yep. Yep. You see that everywhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Everywhere. So I want to talk about both those things, but, um, first let's talk about positive self-image, AKA confidence. What is your best advice Mm -hmm. for someone who's wanting to become more confident that feels anything but confident. Like they feel like they're the lowest of low. I feel like there's so many people that I've met in my life that just feel so not confident in themselves. So they don't even know where to begin. They don't even ever see themselves being ever confident in themselves, which is really sad, but it's totally I me. Mean, I feel like anyone can become that if they work on it. So I'd love to kind of know what your best advice is for that. First, I'll give an example of myself and then I'll give you some tips on how to how to yeah. do that. But when my sister passed away in 2012, at that point, I was so shy, so introverted, you know, such low self-esteem that I didn't believe that I had a voice of my own. Mm-hmm. My sister was my voice. If mm-hmm. I needed to return something at a store, I wouldn't even do it myself. I'd be too scared. She would have oh. to go with me to speak mm-hmm. on my behalf. If I have, you know, an incident with my mother or whatever, a family member, she would be my lawyer and speak on my behalf. (laughs) I didn't know how to use my own voice at that point. So after she passed and I looked at the qualities that she had that I admired, the qualities Mm -hmm. that she had that I wanted to emulate, I started putting those small things into practice, not realizing at the time what I was actually doing. So Mm -hmm. now that I've gone through and, you know, become certified through Procter & Gallagher, we actually have a session where we focus strictly on the self image. And mm-hmm. because we have two images of ourselves, we have the image on the outside, mm-hmm. how we dress, how we walk, how we talk, how we show up to the outside world. Mm-hmm. And as women, we're really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. But then we have the image on the inside of yeah. how we really see ourselves. And that image on the inside, that is the one that is going to show up in how we do things because we don't feel confident enough to go after an opportunity, or we don't feel confident enough in a relationship, or we don't mm-hmm. think like that inner self image is what really affects our outside results and the world that we live Mm -hmm. in. So my advice is to create a list of qualities of people that you admire, whether that be people on social that, you know, you look to as virtual mentors, whether that be other thought leaders, whether that be people that, you know, make a list of qualities that you admire about those people. And how can you start to emulate those qualities today? You know, if you admire someone who is courageous, what's one thing you can do today that is courageous? Mm. If you admire someone who just seems always so giving and loving and kind, how can you show that loving kindness to someone else today? We don't have to wait, you know, years to become a new person. It's really about how we look at the, the identity of that person. Like, who do we need to be? Yeah, that, that's that yeah. That made, that is so cool. It makes total sense, and it's kind of neat to hear you say that too. Because I think some people think that becoming confident is something that's going to take like their entire lifetime, and they'll never be able to fully be confident in themselves. And it's kind of cool that you know you don't. Obviously, it's going to be a journey, but it's kind of cool that you can just implement simple things like that and instantly feel better about yourself. It's yeah. It's definitely the the simple things that compound for that greater mm-hmm. interest, right? Small things. Yeah. How long do you feel like it took you to from going from that shy girl who didn't even want to go and talk to someone like in a store <laughs> to return something to the person you are now? <laughs> Interesting <laughs> enough. <laughs> Although, um, you know, I've been on stages and I've mm-hmm. traveled all over the world doing public speaking and, and doing these things. 
I am, I still get anxiety when I have to do yeah. public speaking. I still get anxiety when I have to do trainings. Like the, the fear still exists, but you learn how to work through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, your confidence is really built through your competence. You know, once mm-hmm. you start to do things enough and you're like, Oh, I could actually do this. It wasn't that bad. I didn't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. So do you feel like when it comes to being confident, there's just like a certain level of almost just like facing your own fears and kind of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone? Absolutely. And it's when you do that, when you realize, okay, it's not as bad as I thought, like Mm. our minds are liars, right? Like, um, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder back in 2006. So when my mind starts to panic and tell me, okay, oh my God, like the biggest catastrophic thing is going to happen. If you do this, it's like, no, really? Seriously? Do you know that to be true? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have to talk myself out of it. But, you know, a simple example is I used to be terrified of putting out video content. As much mm-hmm. as I was growing quickly with everything that I was doing, I was terrified of video. And in February, I started putting out reels, but I challenged myself after putting out the first couple. I was like, oh, wait, I survived. I didn't die. People like, you know, didn't totally trash me. So I challenged myself to put out one a day for 30 days. And then that 30 days continued. And I went from February to June, basically putting out a reel almost every single day. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that. And yeah, I I also suffer with um, generalized anxiety disorder. So I totally feel you there, but it is so true. There's so many times I feel like in my mind, in my own personal experiences, I like will think about things in my head and overthink them, think they're going to be this huge, big deal. And then once you actually do it, it's like, oh, okay, no, (laughs) I just wasted all this time, (laughs) all this energy feeling like absolute crap. But I feel like there's like, it's easy to say that and just be like, just do it. But sometimes it's kind of, it's hard, you know, you get stuck in those places. So do you have any advice for people who they know what they need to do, but they're just too afraid to do it? And they're just holding their mind is kind of holding them back from doing that. Like you said, it's definitely easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. So there's an acronym that fear stands for um, false evidence appearing real. Right. Mm. And in my first book, I convert that to face everything and rise. Mm -hmm. And after all of like my mindset training, realizing when you actually push through the fear, that's where the rewards are. Because our fear is through ignorance, like a lack of knowing, right? A lack of the knowledge. So once you actually do the thing, you have the knowledge and then the rewards are on the other side of it. Like everything I've ever wanted was on the other side of what I feared. Mm -hmm. And with everything that I do with Bob Proctor stuff, it's all about belief, right? So when it comes to belief, when we look at fear, that's fear of the unknown. But faith is also a belief in the unknown. So we have a choice. Mm. We can mm. choose Ooh, I love that. those unknowns <laughs> that we want to walk into. Do you want yeah. to walk into that experience in fear? Or do you want to walk into that experience in faith? They're both unknown, but we have yeah. a choice. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. One of my favorite quotes is actually feel, feel, oh my God, I can't talk. Feel, feel the fear, and do, the fear anyway. and do it anyway. <laughs> so like, fear the fear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I love that. And kind of speaking of like the unknowns, I want to talk about purpose a little bit. Cause I think some people really struggle to find their purpose. They have no idea what they want to do in life. And I've seen friends, my own siblings, my husband, even myself at times in my life have been in places where 
you kind of wonder like what's next for me, or I feel like I have no purpose right now, or I'm not doing what my purpose is. And it can be very, um, just really hard on your like mental health. I feel like, and it can lower your self-confidence. It can make you feel very like lost and afraid of what to do next. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit and just, uh, hear about if you have any clients that experience the same thing and kind of how you go about, uh, working through that with them. I guess one commonality that I found between the interviews that I've done on my podcast and between the interviews I've done on like IG lives, there's Mm -hmm. a very common theme. Our pain births our purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes we're like, I don't know what I should do. I don't know what my purpose is. Um, And I was actually listening to a podcast. I think it was Jay Shetty's podcast and he was interviewing Oprah Winfrey and Mm -hmm. talking about their people that they interview. And they're saying that their success was highly influenced by their trauma. Mm -hmm. So most successful people, what pushed them or what drive them was that thing that they also needed to, to heal from. Yeah. Look at your, your passion or what it is that you need to heal and use Mm -hmm. that to help other people. Mm -hmm. So for myself, as an example, Mm -hmm. the coaching that I do, I coach women that are in a position that I needed to heal from when I Mm -hmm. was that girl. So majority of my clients are also introverts. Majority of my clients have childhood traumas. Majority of my clients are trying to get out of the place that I was once in. So I'm coaching them from experience. Therefore, I will have the empathy. So not only will I have, you know, the tools from Bob Proctor's coaching systems, but now I have my own experience and empathy to help walk through what it is that they're going through. So you know, what is it that you need to heal from and how can you use that to help other people? And then there's also people that feel like they don't have any, you know, traumas or anything that is them in that sense. Mm-hmm. Well, then I say, okay, well, look at what you're good at. What are you really good at? What's your area of genius? And how mm-hmm. can you use that to help others? How can you use that to serve? Yeah, that that's so cool. And I feel like there's so many people in life, they kind of let society, um, make them feel like they have to do certain things instead of doing what really like sets their soul on fire. And I think it sometimes leads to this confusion where they're like, well, this makes sense on paper and what like society wants, but I'm being pulled this way. And I feel like sometimes that can, can kind of, um, really like tear you apart a little bit. I actually was a college dropout. Uh, I dropped out to do what I'm doing now and like become a content creator full-time, but there was a, period of time where I was very much just like, well, like, I feel like I should go to school and finish and do all these things because that's like the safe way. That's like, you know what I should be doing. But I felt like my purpose was elsewhere. just didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. And it was the best decision I ever made. It was seriously like, I am so proud of you for doing that. Like congrats on so many levels because (laughs) the very first session with most of the women that come to me, they have either spent years at a career or job doing something that someone else wanted mm-hmm. them to do, whether yeah. it be their parents or their partner, it wasn't what they were passionate about. So they were miserable. Mm-hmm. So looking at what brings you joy, what you're passionate about and doing what you actually want to do helps you to actually be a better person, not only for yourself, but mm-hmm. for everyone else around you. Like your passion Aww. is for you, <laughs> for, for you to chase. They may not mm-hmm. understand your vision and I, I know it hurts sometimes when you want to go after your passion, your family and friends don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go after it anyway. Mm-hmm. The reason why you have that vision and why it was given to you is because you were the one with everything that you need inside of you to actually make it happen. You're the one that's going to make it happen. And for other people, they need an example of something to know that it's possible. Them yeah. not feeling that you should go after that or believe in that, that's 
based on their limited perception and their mm-hmm. limited beliefs, right? Yeah. So their negative thoughts or opinions about it may not even necessarily have anything to do with you. It may be that they don't believe that it's possible for them to do it. So that's why they're imposing that you can't do it, but it's up to you to lead the way and you to be that example and show them and bring that to reality and be like, look, I did this. It is possible. (laughs) And then they can shut the heck up. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly how I I felt too. When I, when I did drop out, my parents luckily were very supportive, which was a blessing because I know a lot of people probably wouldn't be in that same situation, but there's so many other people around me. They're like, you're doing what? Like, that's not going to work out. Like you just made a huge mistake. And I was just like, okay, whatever you'll see. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And it really did pay off. But I think that, you know, I feel like I've been in a fortunate position just to be able to even do that. Cause I think there's so many roadblocks that would come along the way that would just be people would let fear basically keep them from going or just let the opinions of those who loved ones who are around them telling them, Oh, you shouldn't do this. Keep them and hinder them from really doing what they uh, are are meant to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I'd love to know though, like what, so when it comes to purpose, cause this is like an interesting question. I don't even know where I stand on this. Do you feel like we're all made to have like, and serve a certain purpose in life? Or do you feel like you kind of create your own purpose and it kind of, you're forever creating that purpose to yourself? <laughs> So I'm going to say my answer comes from more of a faith-based side yeah. because of my background. Like yeah. we were all put here for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people who are just going through life. I'm going to say blindly going mm-hmm. through life, walking without any purpose, without any intention. They're on autopilot. Yeah. And they're basically unfortunate, but it's almost like they're dead inside. They're, mm-hmm. they're not living, right? Yeah. When we're not creating, we're, we're not living. We're not mm-hmm doing anything. So I feel like our purpose in life is really to just explore and to serve in the process, right? Mm -hmm. It's the journey. Like, yeah, there are, you know, that that saying about people in the graveyard, it's like, you know, it's the richest place in the world because so many people die with their dreams and their passions and their goals because they didn't pursue things Mm -hmm. because of either what someone else, you know, said, or someone else's opinion or what they thought someone else's opinion is going to be. And I love this quote by Bob Proctor. He says all the time, like, if you look at what people do and you listen to what they say, they will show you and tell you that they're not thinking. So why do you Mm. care what other people think? Mm. (laughs) So good. (laughs) That's so true. That's such an interesting perspective too. And I I actually, I love that answer. And I feel like it's almost like comforting because I think some people, they think purpose is almost fulfilling what their parents want them to do or what their, their friends want them to do or what society wants them to do. And that's not the case. And I a hundred percent agree when you're talking about people are just almost dead inside. They're just going through the motions, doing the things they are. They're checking off all the boxes on paper of these life accomplishments that they think they're supposed to be having. They might not even be ones they want to have. And they're not actually mm-hmm. taking the risk and taking chances. And like, you only have one life. And so, you know, I think, I think exactly. as long as you're doing things that are true to you and what you love, you will find your path and you'll like, you'll flourish at some point. Yeah. It's it's like taking what is true to you and what you love and being of service with that. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. it's not really like an egotistical selfish thing. Like, Oh, it's just all about me. It's okay. Well, how can you, how can you better this world through what you're doing? Mm -hmm. How can you take what you enjoy and your values and what you love and serve your your family, your community, the world yeah. at large. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the most success that I've had in my business has been during this pandemic. And yeah. because it's allowed me to take a pause and focus on my own personal healing. And mm-hmm. in the process, I'm helping heal others at the exact same time. So to me, that's my purpose. My purpose yeah. is to heal and to serve. I love that. That, that is so awesome. Um, so also I feel like there's some people you, you mentioned like imposter syndrome. So we got to hit that. And I feel like some people might even feel like they've found their purpose, but then they find themselves somehow in imposter syndrome and kind of, especially with like social media. I mean, I even feel like I've experienced this so many different points in my career with just so much social media and the online world. It's so easy to see what everyone else is doing. And it's really easy. I find like for your vision to almost get like warped and you don't know like what you should actually be doing, what's really true to you. And it really messes with your head. And I'm sure a ton of people listening to this podcast probably feel the same. So I'd love to hear what you have to say on the topic. Yeah, absolutely. I we're in this, I'm going to say because of social media, this huge space of comparison, Yeah, comparing where we should be in our lives based on what we see online, which most people are pretending, you know, comparing <laughs> just comparison in, yeah, in general. Yeah. And that is so not good for us. Like it's so toxic. Mm-hmm. One of my, my biggest things I, I say is like, I don't, look at what other people are doing online. Like I have some friends that'll be like, oh no, how's so-and-so doing online? That I have no idea. Like yeah. not that I don't interact with that person, but I am not, I'm going to say, I don't spend all of my energy digging into what other people are doing, mm-hmm. how they're looking or how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because our values differ, yeah. right? So if you are someone who values service and you value love and you value impact, And then you're comparing yourself to someone online who is their value is vanity metrics and vanity in itself and their ego. And you're that's apples to oranges. Yes. So there's (laughs) a lot of people who are facing this imposter syndrome. Like they find it difficult to attribute positive performance to our skills and our competence. Mm -hmm. And bizarrely enough, it can feel worse when we're doing something like really, really well. We, we focus on the negative. Yeah. You know, we, we focus on the negative self-talk in our head. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, our minds are liars. We focus on the negative things that someone has said to us in our past or a negative experience that we've had in the past. And that programming is constantly replaying in our head, right? Yeah. Um, and that we may go to do something and then we'll have a thought of what someone said, you know, 15 years ago, you can't do this. So you're not good at this. And we're playing that in our minds, but the way that our brain works it, when you start to have that feeling, Mm -hmm. it sets off a chemical reaction with your body and that chemical Mm. reaction, it's our action in what we actually do, right? Mm. Your, your feeling mind is your subconscious mind, which can't tell the difference between fact or fiction. Yeah. So you feel like you're feeling this in this moment, like right now, this Mm -hmm. very moment, but it, it's not real in that moment, but it feels very real in that moment. So stop comparing yourself. Comparison is the thief of, of joy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and be a doer, take action. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to take action, you're less focused on what other people are doing. When you are paused mm, yeah, so to true. be more of a creator than a consumer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love content creators because you're constantly in a space of creation. And that's what we we're created to do. We're created to create, right? Yes. You're, but when you're creating, you're learning, you're yeah. growing, you're evolving. Mm-hmm. But when we are sitting there and all we're doing is consuming, yep. 
that energy, we're being still, we're not growing, we're not evolving, we are just consuming and then programming our minds with what other people are doing, right? So honestly, if you don't feel like an imposter sometimes, then you're probably not trying hard enough. I think (laughs) (laughs) because when you're in this space of creating and doing, it's kind of always in an unknown space, but you're, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? being the first to do something or whatever, like you said, mm-hmm. you you know, you dropped out of college and you became a content creator, right? Mm-hmm. So there may be questions that you may have in your mind, but you're following your passion, yeah. following your desires, your vision. So you may con, you know, sometimes come into, to, you know, conflict with that, but create a list of your core values. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, mm-hmm. people compare themselves to, to different things. Just create your list of core mm-hmm. values. What's important to you. You know, my list of core values include love, impact, service, peace, freedom, community. Mm -hmm. So if I go online and I'm following certain people and I start to say, oh, well, you know, this person is, I don't know, getting all these awards or media features or what have you. Well, is that really in line with my core values? Mm -hmm. My focus is actually to make an impact. Yeah. Make people feel loved. And so it shifts me from focusing on what other people are doing and that whole comparison thing. And then the more that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you'll feel more confident in what you were doing. Like Mm -hmm. I've been coaching for years and I can tell you this year is probably the first year that I'm like, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. Or I wouldn't necessarily even if I thought that, I don't know if I would say that out loud. I'd be like, oh, that's, you know, egotistical or cocky. But yeah, <laughs> now yeah. it's like, I know that I'm good at what I do because of the impact that I'm making, because yeah. of how mm-hmm. people's lives are being changed, changed and how people are being affected. So if you make a list for yourself of your accomplishments, of, you know, what's important to you, you have that to look back on when you're not feeling competent. Mm-hmm. You know, so that can also help remove, you know, those other feelings of imposter syndrome and so on. That's so awesome. And I feel like, I mean, especially my career, and I'm sure a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are aspiring creators as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's always around you and it's, it's so hard. And I'd really try my best to kind of, you know, put my blinders on and kind of focus on the things I need to focus on, but it's, you almost can't help, but sometimes get pulled towards different directions. And I definitely, I feel like this year have started trying to be a little bit more mindful in the content I am consuming when I am am consuming content. Cause I I started like looking at the people I'm following and I'm like, "Mm, I don't actually really feel great after I see this person's content or, you know, and sometimes it's, it's literally nothing against the person at all. You know, I'm happy for them, but it's like, we're not aligning They They aren't aligned with my values or what I'm wanting to go after. And so I've just noticed a pattern whenever I'm feeling most successful or feeling most productive and, um, doing the the best overall just in life and business is when I'm not really yet. Like you mentioned, not, I'm not consuming as much. I'm kind of out in my own world, doing my own thing, which ultimately I feel like is if you want to really find success is such a key aspect because I mean, I know there's nothing new under the sun, but I mean, when you're, when you're kind of blazing your own trail and kind of not letting everyone influence you all the time, you can really create something really awesome. But I mean, so many times I see, I follow so many different influencers and content creators. And oftentimes I will start to feel almost as if I need to start putting out content like they're putting out, even though it's not even in my niche or like realm of what I should be focusing on. But there's like so many little things all the time that, you know, you could be doing and you always feel like you're not doing enough. And yeah, it's, 
definitely something that is just, I feel like a constant struggle for people who are creators, but I love the tips that you gave about kind of writing down your core values in your accomplishments mm-hmm. and kind of assessing that. I definitely think that's really neat. I think with, with social media, especially Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram's a, it's a visual platform, right? Yeah. And the reason why it's so popular is as people were very visual. So mm-hmm. if I told you right now, if I said dog, you would picture a dog. You wouldn't mm-hmm. actually picture the letters D-O-G, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. picture, I don't know, car, door, whatever. Yeah. You can picture things. So we're very visual people. Mm-hmm. And with social media, um, especially Instagram, we're constantly bombarded by images, right? Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. are constantly just consuming, that's what you're programming your mind with, right? Yeah. With all of that stuff. So you have to be very careful of who you follow and what you consume online because it's totally going to affect your mindset, your beliefs, your, you know, your mental health, your, your energy, all of that. And then you mentioned something about success. And for me, I feel like success is a feeling and not an actual place or thing that you attain. Yeah. What may make you feel successful could be completely different from what makes someone else feel successful. So we look at celebrities and there's some celebrities where we may say they're successful, Mm -hmm. but then they're unhappy as crap. Yeah. So it's a feeling for me. I've been a single mom for like 11 years now, and I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm able to keep a roof over these kids' heads, keep, you know, closing food in their mouths and everybody is smiling. That to me is success. Yeah. But I love that. (laughs) That is such a cool thing. And I think that's really cool too, because some people, they do think that success is a place they have to get to. It's a destination. It's a tangible thing they have to have. And also I feel like in the society we live in, it's, you know, once you get that tangible item, you're not even enjoying it and you're already onto the next thing that you're trying to succeed at. And I I think that's such an interesting, uh, just like piece of advice and just kind of almost taking a moment to kind of be like, you know, this is why I'm successful. This is like this feeling that I have. These are the things that, you know, this is, I don't know why I wake up in the morning. This is why I'm excited. And so that's really interesting to to hear. And I feel like that will really help a lot of people out here, like who are listening to this episode. So awesome. Love that. (laughs) So lastly, I just want to talk a little bit about mental health. Obviously, if you're a person that's struggling with low self-confidence or imposter syndrome or struggling to find a purpose, it can really take a toll on your mental health. Mm -hmm. I myself, who I've had panic attacks, anxiety in my life. Um, when I finally started putting self-care in the forefront of kind of my life, I noticed such a massive shift. Um, so I'd like to know, like, what are some of your favorite ways to practice self-care or things that you recommend to your clients who are kind of struggling to get through all these things? First and foremost, I strongly believe that we need to fill our own cups first before we can Mm -hmm. be pouring into other people. We can't pour from from an empty cup, right? Yeah. So I strongly believe in making sure that we fill our cup, self-care, everything that we need, and then pour from the overflow because there's Mm -hmm. so many people that are experiencing burnout because they're pouring from an empty cup. They're constantly Mm -hmm. serving and they're not filling themselves up. They're not, you know, feeding their mind, body, and spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So I share with my clients the same exact um, things that I use for myself personally um, with self-care. So I break my self-care into mind, body, and soul. Mm Mm-hmm. So for my mind, and these are things that I do every single day Mm -hmm. for my mind, I make sure that I'm reading 
every single day, whether it be 20 minutes of reading or 10 pages of reading, whatever works for you, but make sure you're reading something every day. So you're feeding your mind. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure that I listen to music every single day. It helps lift my vibration, Mm -hmm. makes me feel good. You know, if we look back in the day, if we look, whether we look at like um, indigenous communities or um, African tribes or anything like that, a part of their healing was in dance and song and Mm -hmm. rhythm and music. Right. So it makes us feel good. It lifts our vibration. And then another thing for my mind is to make sure that I spend time alone as much as I'm an introvert and I enjoy my time alone. (laughs) I'm locked down in an apartment with three kids and a dog. Um, (laughs) I make sure that I spend time alone so that I can clear my mind so that I can focus. Um, Preferably, I like to be outside of nature. So, you know, eliminate distractions. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's definitely my self-care that I do for my mind. For my body, um, I constantly will sip on water throughout the day, making sure that I am um, energized. Like again, we're energy, we're spirit. So water has energy in it to help refuel us, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a giant one gallon water bottle that Mm -hmm. I can sip on throughout the day or whether it be like right now, I've got my teacup filled with water. (laughs) I make sure that I have enough water throughout the day to keep me going. Um, a major thing for me is making sure I get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. I am a person that can't function on less than seven hours sleep. My thoughts, like, you know, I'll be moody. My Mm -hmm. body will be sluggish. I just can't think straight. So I have to make sure that I get enough rest so that my body is reset, recharged, Mm -hmm. ready to go for the day so I can pour into other people. And then, um, just staying physically active. I've just over, I guess it's been over a year and a bit, um, because I had some health issues back in 2018, 19, I had a major organ removed. I had three cancer scares. So I wasn't able to like walk to like the stop sign down the street. And now I'm doing, well, you guys are in in the U S but in Canada, Mm -hmm. I'd say the equivalent. Um, I don't know how to convert miles to kilometers. (laughs) I walk. (laughs) It's all good. Five to 10 kilometers a day. Um, So I make sure that I'm physically active every single day. So I do my, I don't know, um, like I said, I think it works out to like 16,000 steps. I'm not sure exactly, but making sure that I get um, my physical activity. I'm not one that can be in the gym and do those things, but I'm still physically active because they say healthy motion equals healthy emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And then for my soul, prayer and meditation, Prayer is like my conversation with God. Meditation is being still and listening to God's whispers and instructions. Um, and then actively practicing gratitude and affirmations. So my second book, oh, no, sorry, not my second. The third and fourth book are gratitude <laughs> journals. So I created a gratitude journal that I actually write mm-hmm. in every single day. I'm actively practicing that gratitude. And I'm a huge believer in affirmations to help reprogram my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and then last but not least, um, community, having a healthy community of connections, because again, like I mentioned before, if you look at indigenous tribes or, um, African tribes, they have the sense of community that helps them to get through hard times where they feel they have their support system. They have, you know, um, a group of people where they feel seen, heard, and understood. They have their Mm -hmm. safe spaces. So whether that be your family or your friends or, um, you know, your church groups or whatever, but having that healthy community of connection. So for me, self-care, mind, body, and soul every single day, that's, (laughs) that's, all the things that I do. And I show those with my clients. 
I absolutely love everything you just said. I feel like that's such an interesting take thinking about like mind, body and spirit or mind, body and soul. What was it again? Mind, body and soul. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so, um, just like unique. I think sometimes you have like a long list of things you think you need to be doing for mental health. And it's kind of hard to think about like the things you should be focusing on what helps you the most. And so I'm definitely going to implement that. I feel like that is just like such great advice. So <laughs> thank you. I think I'll we, be trying we, to- <laughs> we over-focus on one area sometimes and forget yeah. the others. Like I do mind, body, and soul because we, we look at the food that we eat and what we consume, mm-hmm. but how often do we look at how we're feeding our yeah. spirit or how we're yeah. feeding our mind. So I make sure that I've got some balance going on there. That's awesome. Well, before we wrap things up, um, I just wanted to ask if you have anything else to add, any final words, like motivation to anyone listening out there. So I, I guess in the theme of everything that we just shared, I want people to take time to get to know themselves. Usually when we are getting to know another person, whether it be a business partner, a friend, a, you know, a spouse, what have you, we spend time with that person. We get to know them. We know the sound of their voice when they're not in the room. We know their smell. We know them, right? Mm-hmm. But how often do we take the time to get to know ourselves? Yeah. So my advice would be for people to take that time, get to know them t- themselves, spend some time alone and mm-hmm. figure out what you enjoy, figure out what brings you joy and then spread that love <laughs> because that's the energy that we need to see more of online mm-hmm. instead of, you know, people who are spreading negativity. Yeah. So we can only control ourselves. So let's get to know ourselves and spread that, that love and that joy. I think that's super powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so thank you so much for uh, joining me today. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Um, and before we go, can you just let our listeners know where they can find you online? Absolutely. So they can find me on my website, awalkinmystilettos.com. For some people, I guess it's easier to find me through my name, mckinneysmith.com. And I like to play most on Instagram. So on Instagram, because someone else has my name and doesn't use the account, um, I'm under... I'm under the real McKinney Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have the A Walk in My Stilettos page. But I mean, you can Google and find anything McKinney <laughs> Smith or Walk in My Stilettos and connect <laughs> me directly on, on those. To all you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And thanks to those of you who continue to listen to help us rank globally in the top 1.5% most popular shows out of over 2.7 million podcasts. Join the community of Legacy Leavers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com to receive a free copy of the Gratitude Journal. And you can also grab a copy of any of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you could think of three women that would find value in today's show, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith and you can tag Josie at behind the feed podcast. Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.